What's your story? All right. I'm Alexis Belton, and this is my story. Okay. So, tell everyone, actually, I'm like, where are you from? I'm from Ruston, Louisiana. Ruston. Ruston, Louisiana. Oh, but that's where I'm like, all the I'm like, old money is. If the rich people. <laughs> I didn't see that side, so okay. <laughs> maybe through golf, but that's about it, yeah. So golf. So like tell the world how did you actually Well growing up, I'm like who influenced you to actually like play golf? Yeah, I think it was just a really crazy scenario. I think a lot of people that look like me get into golf because of a random interaction that they had so my dad played a lot when I was little but not old enough for me to actually realize what golf was um he stopped playing we got into all different kinds of sports so I did everything from dance to basketball any sport you could think of any activity um specialized in basketball had a scholarship to play it at some awesome d1 colleges and then my sophomore year of high school I had a coach that came up to me said do you want to play golf and I said no and he said, you get out of school all day, you get free food, and you get to pick your outfits. And said, what kind of free food? He said, Ruth Chris, I'm in. So that's that's how I got into golf. Food, a day off of school, and outfits. So, like, actually, I'm like getting into golf because, like, probably a few years ago, I used to want to say, I used to think I could play golf. And until I actually... I mean, with the top golf, I realized it was not easy. Yeah. It just looked easy on TV. Yeah. It's not easy. It's a, it's a real skill. So, like, so like, if, how old were you if, if, actually when you first, I'm like, started? Like, I don't see that. 16. 16? Yeah. 16, 17. So, like, so when did you realize you're like, oh, but I'm not going to play basketball, but I'm going to be one pro golfer? I think it was a mix of a bunch of different things. I started to really enjoy golf. I thought it was, as an athlete, um, anything to be competitive is super fun. I think golf is the ultimate competitor sport because you're playing against yourself. Like everything is your fault, essentially, but everything is also your win. Um, and so I decided to fully go into golf whenever I basically, my golf coach said I wouldn't do it. And I said, bet. That's it. So that was it. And also, you know, playing golf, being a female, and just being one of the African-American as well. Like, and how difficult it was um, to, like, you know, like, I want you to share a few things, and, like, things you had to actually, like, go through, being from, like, being from, like, Russell, Louisiana as well. So I want you to, like, kind of share some little Details about your about your journey to, to actually becoming one, you know? Yeah. I think um, I'd always found myself in spaces where I had to interact with different cultures and learning how to do that and do that well. I think the hardest part was learning how to be myself while interacting with different cultures. Um, and I think that was, like, the one of the biggest journeys in golf for me is... Um, a young African-American girl who wants to be fully me. Um, and that wasn't necessarily accepted in that space um, at that time. And so navigating that was, was kind of difficult, but 
at the same time, golf opened doors for me that I would never experience outside of that. So it was learning how to be um, unapolog unapologetically myself, but also knowing how much of myself that I would give to certain people or certain things. Gotcha. Yeah. So, did, and so actually, I mean, leaving high school, I'm like going, going traveling to like Texas to actually, actually be in college for golf. So, I mean, how was your like experience actually, you know, in playing golf? I'm like at college. Yeah, it was it was quite interesting actually. University of Texas was my let me say University of Texas Western was my third school that I went to. So I first graduated and went to small school in Alabama, which is I experienced a lot of just outright racism and that was really tough so I didn't even complete my semester there I completed my schooling left early transferred to school in South Carolina for a little bit um, and wind up going to Texas Westland where I was really humbled it was a school that I said never go to I had a lot a lot of pride in one to be at a D1 school um, but ultimately it was this lesson of go where you're celebrated and not tolerated. And so that was kind of my journey from my sophomore, up until my sophomore year of college, I'd already experienced three different colleges. Gotcha. So tell the world, actually, like, what is one like, average day like for you? An average day, yes. wow. So I, now that I'm transitioning out of professional golf, it looks a lot different, but during professional golf last year, and all the years before that, um, off season looked like training majority of the day. Um, but also I had a mental coach, I had um, workouts, and then a lot of studying to do outside of that. Um, a typical tournament day is a lot different when I'm at home because you normally get maybe one week home versus three weeks away. And so a lot of those days were resting than going out to practice. Um, but ultimately my life revolved around golf. Now life kind of looks like learning how to better, better utilize the game in order to create um, change. So I want you to name your top five greatest of my golfers of like all time. Of all time, yeah. Um, so there's this one girl from the South, Alexis Belton. Um, there's another girl from North Louisiana, Alexis Belton. Um, there's a young lady that lives in Atlanta, Alexis Belton. Um, there's this girl that she used to play on the Australian Ladies Tour named Alexis Belton. And then there's this girl that actually transitioned. Um, she played golf and long drive. Uh, I want to say she was like the number one American long driver. Um, her name was Alexis Belton. So yeah. Well, I'm going to follow all all five of them. <laughs> but no, no, no. Outside of that, I definitely have a lot of a lot of favorites. I think starting from the beginning, um, Althea Gibson is one of just a pioneering woman that I think gets overlooked a lot. And so it's interesting, even as I want to utilize this platform to create change, of watching her humility. So she was, most people think, Venus and Serena, you know, first to win Grand Slam. She was the first. 
African-American to do that. But she paved the way for them, right? And and then she was the first African-American on the LPGA. And she got into golf having to actually, like, ask for sponsorships to play at a course because she couldn't afford it. You're talking about one of the best tennis players of all time not being able to afford to play golf. Um, and she performed well and she created this avenue for who most people know today, Renee Powell, who would I'd say is number two of one of my favorite golfers because she's created this legacy and she's, she's upkeeping her father's golf course. Um, so we're talking about one of the few golf courses owned by African Americans in general. Um, and so I would say they're definitely top two. Um, other players based off of like performance, Adam Scott's one of my favorite golf swings to watch. Um, and then I would have to say the last two. Love watching Tiger. Phenomenal. Best, you know, player ever. Um, and then I leave that last spot to like my friends. I have some really, really talented friends that I've gotten to play golf with. Um, and so I would definitely say them. So this is a question, you know. You don't have to answer it, but you know we're gonna get on it because, like, being an African American playing golf, did you did you have to deal with any like racism? Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I think you know you're gonna experience that wherever you're in. But if you're in a majority place um, that hasn't had to deal with the outside world of diversity and different communities that you're going to experience not even necessarily racism right but you're going to experience ignorance ignorance because you don't know what you don't know um and then outside of that i definitely experienced racism as well on another front of people that did know better but um chose 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 hate over love at the end of the day but definitely have had less of those experiences over ignorant experiences because you know like i'll just say tennis like like you know seeing all this racism and everything and like the it was a female i don't want to see her like i don't want to see her name wrong but if if she actually took a break um, for like mental oh, health naomi so, yeah. So, yeah so like like did you have to deal with it like 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 anything like that like like people just calling out your name and yeah like going to these matches and like you gotta you know you got to kind of like stay like sane. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're in a space that you don't see a lot of people that look like you and the people that you do see are normally working. That's tough. You know, that's really tough. Um, you're the reason that I'm actually that I've stepped away from actually playing tournament golf is because I got to that mental spot of I can't do this anymore. Um, because I need help. I need support. I need, um, I needed a lot of things that were really hard to find, um, that led me to a place of a mental breakdown and, um, being on the other side of it, I think it helps me now being in the position that I am and that I want to be to help those that are going to go through it, that don't know that that's going to come. And then hopefully to help alleviate, alleviate it existing in general. So I have another question about, you know, something close to that topic. Okay. Like being one African-American female, was it hard to, was it hard to get any, like, you know, like sponsorships? What are sponsorships? 
Um, no, I'm just kidding. Black, you know, I know who they are. Like, I know who they are. That's my point. Yeah. It was really difficult. I, there's been, I mean, even down to this week, um, this notion of I wasn't the right, either I wasn't light enough or I wasn't the right black person that they wanted or success doesn't matter, looks do. Um, and that comes with companies and different things like that. Um, there's... There's always, you know, things that you run in as a female athlete in general, and those existed within golf. And then on top of that, um, being a black female athlete, um, we just experienced things that some other players didn't have to experience, you know? And so that is just the reality of it. But yeah. Well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to give you. I'm like, all your flowers, like, right now, and like, why you can smell them? Because, you know, I can just imagine just the things you're, like, things you had to go through. Yeah. And from rusting, like, up north Louisiana, and trying to play golf. Like, I haven't been to Ruston, but I heard some stories. <laughs> yeah, I would say, you know, more than anything, I love, you know, the fact that flowers are being given now. You know, like, those are something that people are able to see. My biggest hope, and I think something that we're starting to be more cautious of are those are able to be planted and established so others can actually smell them. Hey, so playing golf over 10 plus years, tell us, I'm like, what do you actually, I'm like, enjoy about it? And tell us what do you actually, I'm like, hate about it. Yeah. Like, you know, the whole process Man. of being a brand, a golfer. Everything. Yeah. I'll start with like my dislikes, I would say, was that something that I loved became a, became a job that I didn't know how to per, like really preserve and keep that love. And so I think that was the hardest part of golf, um, playing on a professional level. I'd say the other thing, over time, I think just like, yeah, it's just really hard to make money. Like you, you need money to make money. And in golf, like, the amount of money you need to make money is even more, you know, out there. Um, so it was, I think the lack of support was really hard. Things that I loved about the game was the community. Um, like, my golf sisters were all in a, in a group chat. Um, so many different group chats that exist with so many different, I feel like, sisters that I've made in, within golf. Um, being able to travel the world through golf and long drive. Um, the people that you meet, the networks that you're able to build, the opportunity, that in itself, you get to see, I mean, you get to work in nature, which is, they say, nature produces wisdom, nature produces, um, just sanity, nature produces a better breath, nature produces so many things, and you can let golf get in the way of enjoying that, or you can enjoy that and let that help your golf, so, yeah. Gotcha. So... (laughs) Where do you see, like, well, where do you see your, well, your, if it's your career, far as, far as, far as, like, life, like, after golf. Yeah. I'm, like, in, I'm, like, in the, like, next, like, three years. Yeah. I think I always thought golf was going to be my, being a professional was LPGA player. It was what I need 
to do or to accomplish in order to change the world. And now I realize that it created a great platform, Long Drive created a pl great platform, but the work that I can do outside of being a player, I will be more. And so I'm really excited to just, um, yeah, steward a platform well and grow that and utilize golf in order to help build bridges between different communities um, to help grow communities. Um, yeah, sport is an international language. And so utilizing golf to change the world through a lot of different initiatives from, um, from nonprofit to, you know, innovation. I'm, I think I'm really big into golf innovation and, and connecting golf with art and connecting golf with other sports. Um, yeah, so I think that's where in the next three in the next three years, it's gonna be really fun to see a lot of things I'm currently working on in action and active. The next five years, yeah, that's that's. <laughs> so are you gonna are you I'm like getting I'm like into broadcasting, I'm like training, like training anything like yeah, that. Yeah, so moving a lot into media and broadcasting is is one of the initiatives um like i said innovation um recreating golf to really um trying to say a lot without saying a lot uh, <laughs> but yeah just like making golf different right innovative um partnering golf with art which is two things that i love basically partnering golf with anything and creating that i think um Broadcasting hopefully will be a platform in order to really drive a lot of nonprofit work. I think one of my biggest goals is connecting people that I've met um, that have wealth and they're trying to figure out where to put that with nonprofits and people that are doing really good work through golf. So sharing stories of people that are doing good through golf ultimately is is the goal and hopefully for sport and everything. Okay, so all right, what's your advice um, to one you know? I'm a young female out there just like thinking about getting into golf and just trying to follow on it behind yourself. Yeah, I would say number one, fun. Have fun. Because one of the biggest things that we lose out, and we see this with NILs, right, is like sport is becoming a job at such a young age. But the more fun that you have, the more sports that you play, the better you're going to be at whatever sport that you that you wind up choosing. Um and make it your own. Um, there are basic fundamentals that you need in order to succeed in the game of golf. But outside of that, be unique um, and and make golf make golf your own. I would say that's the biggest advice I'd have for the kids. And the biggest advice for parents is let them have fun, do research, um, get them, you know, plugged in into golf community so they can learn and have fun. So, tell us, I'm like, what's next for you? Like, you know, like basically just with, you know, the journalists and like basically yeah. a, a little bit more time than actually, I'm like, what I just asked you. Yeah, like, yeah. But um, like, Forrest, do you plan on, on like dropping, on like your own brand? Yeah. Or anything like that? Yeah, definitely putting together my own brand. Um, yeah. Hopefully that will drop later this year. Um, and then cultivating some other stuff, working on an agency right now for 
consulting, uh, marketing and branding. Um, and then I'd say immediately what's next is lunch. <laughs> That's like, wait, do y'all hear that? Okay. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And also, uh, but last but not least, tell everyone, I'm like, actually, I'm like, actually, I'm like, where can they find you at on social media and just everywhere? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at, at Alexis Nicole Belton. Um, you can follow my, I do a lot of clinics for companies, nonprofits, whatever it may be. You can check that out at shrekandgoldcollective.com. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm on Twitter. Research my name. I don't know what my handle is. Um, but on TikTok, on all the places, you can find me there. And if you email me, I will probably respond and would love to have conversations with everyone. So, yeah, that's where you can you can find me. Oh, you also didn't ask a very important song, a very important question. That's what's the important question. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we always have a walkout song in Long Drive. I wasn't able to put mine on on the air, but I'm from Louisiana. That's my walkout song. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what's your story? Nolazine, make them scream. N-O-L-A-Z-I-N-E. Make them S-C-R-E-A-M. Scream. Nolazine, make them scream. You heard me.